Welcome back to Sermon Notes. This is our new podcast that we're doing with our campus pastors. I'm Amy Jo Girardier, and I'm here with... Garrett Gregory. And we're here with... Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Yay. Yay. Campus and teaching pastor. Yeah, I'm the Woodbine. campus teach pastor at Woodbine, so up in southeast Nashville. How long have you been at Woodbine now, Doug? A little over seven years. I think you and I were... We came on board about the same time, I believe. We did, pretty wow. close. Rumi's that first trip. We won't talk about it. It was a great trip. It was an first awesome staff trip. retreat together. First staff retreat together. It was awesome. Yes. Give us a snapshot for somebody who may not be familiar with Woodbine. Give us a snapshot of what Woodbine is, what it looks like, and how you guys minister there. Yeah, well, that's a great question. I've told a lot of people lately since COVID that Woodbine has... Our, our eggs have totally been scrambled the past couple <laughs> years. We're not, we don't even look like what we did last year, especially pre-COVID. Okay. But Woodbine has been around for over 85 years. Wow. Uh, it's uh, been serving, loving Jesus, serving the community in Southeast, Na- uh, Southeast Nashville since then. Um, when it merged eight years ago, there were about 30 legacy members there. And then I was hired in 2015, and okay. it's just slowly growing. Uh, we're a little over 100, 120 people that worship in person, another 30, 40 that worship online. Mm-hmm. There are over 20 countries represented in our congregation. So you will hear Chinese, English, Spanish, sometimes Swahili, French. It's a lot of fun. Uh, wow. and, so, cool. uh, so, yeah, it's really, really cool. So it's become a very young campus. Um, a lot of our legacy members, they will worship online with us. Some have gone on to be with Jesus or just have had to move away to be with their own kids, and they yep. just don't worship with us in person anymore. So it's a lot different now than it was when I was there. But, um, yeah, God's good. He's faithful. He's gracious. It's just an incredible privilege to be there worshiping and serving Him. One of my favorite things, and I don't mean to jump in, but I will. Um, when I first walked in Woodbine is all the flags that are around inside your campus representing church membership. And I remember mm-hmm. just jumping in for you one day, and I was like, what is that happening in the background? Mm-hmm. And there was this sweet lady up in the top, like translating mm-hmm. everything for the members wow. into Chinese. And I had not seen that before. Yeah. And uh, it spoke a lot to me about what Woodbine is and who makes up Woodbine. Yeah, and, and it's true. We When I was hired, you know, like within months, we had 15, 20 Chinese people coming every single week. And so we started a small group of, Chinese believers, unbelievers, many of them had never even heard the name Jesus before. Mm-hmm. And out of that, one of the members of that group was like, hey, can I translate in the back into Chinese? <laughs> so uh, we got you know translation equipment. So they sat up there, and for several years we were translating in Chinese, and now we do it in Spanish. And Crazy. so, because there's about a dozen or so Spanish speakers that don't speak any English. Okay. And we've got another dozen bilingual Spanish English speakers. And so they'll rotate, sit in the back, translate. So a lot of times people will be looking back, yeah. what's that sound back there? And it's, it's our translator. So, I love that. Yeah. I do love fun. the story, though, that um, when you were called to be pastor, it was predominantly to be for a Spanish congregation. It was, yeah. The neighborhood's 50% Hispanic. Uh, 70% of the kids at the local elementary school speak Spanish in the home. And so like, hey, Doug's from Mexico, or at least lived there for 20 years. So I'm hired and Chinese show up. And so, yeah, it's just God's, it's the way he works and he is. And uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't my plan. I wasn't even (laughs) thinking about being a multicultural (laughs) church. So I mean, I didn't know what I was doing back then. I've been in Mexico so long. So yeah, it's neat That's how God so works neat. and moves. Yeah, it is. Well, let's just jump into um, your sermon this week. Love and it. Oh, again, we're not grilling or critiquing no. it. It is a grilling. <laughs> it's a grilling. Let's go. Ready? Here it is. Here all right, is. here we go. Yeah, so you, we were talking about the Ten Commandments on all of our different campuses. Yes. And so uh, when you were... Uh, when you were preaching, you were talking about an illustration. And you said that um, 
you were talking about how the commandments kind of, they get inverted, where in a sense, we tend to believe that God will love us if we obey our commands, and um, versus understanding that we obey his commands because we love him. So the question is, why do people get this truth backwards? That's a great question. Um, I think a lot of it just has to do with our culture in general. We are so much... I don't want to say works based, but you know, production results. Um, you know, we've been even as little children were growing up. You know, what are you going to be? It's not mm. what are you going to be. It's what are you going to do when you grow yeah. up. And so that's a lot of our culture. Just mm. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, yes, what are you going to be? But there's always that just behind us. What are you going to do that's when you get older? Point. And so, and to be honest, it's easy to follow a list of, a list of rules. You know, in school, hey, if I obey the teacher, if I sit up straight, I don't talk in class, I walk in line. I mean, there's so many things about our culture, you know, drive the speed limit, you know, you yeah. cross the sidewalk when the green lights, you know, when the walking yeah. signs on. There's so much about do this, don't do this, do this, don't do that. And we're rewarded for it. Yeah. And so why wouldn't we think that God's the same way? And unfortunately, a lot of churches, that's what they teach, yeah. you know, and so we can really get that backwards. Hey, if I do all the right things, then I'll be loved, I'll be accepted, I'm in the end group. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's, it's the opposite. Yeah. So, I mean, we can't do it anyway. So, right, right. so, but yeah, I think that's why, cause you know, to be honest, it's a lot easier to follow a list of rules than it is to follow a person because yeah. to follow a person requires faith, humility, courage, and trust. And okay. that does not come natural for us. How, how do you like in, in just Doug, <laughs> how do you, and then as we kind of look at influence in the series, how do you then influence folks that, one, part of your flock, two, your family, um, how do we fight that works, the works-based idea that the Ten Commandments do this, and then he'll, how do you fight that on a daily basis? How do you point your congregation? Yeah, great question. I'm going to give the Christian pastor answer. You got to pray a whole lot about it now, but I mean... Being honest, you do yeah. have to just pray, Lord, help us truly understand and get it. Yeah. Um, another one is just kind of repetitive pounding in new and creative ways. You know, you kiss it, you keep it simple. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you you really got to keep it simple and continually remind people, what did Jesus teach? Mm-hmm. Like there are 613 commandments in the Old Testament, you know, and when the Pharisees came, when the religious leaders came, they said, teacher, rabbi, and most of them were being extremely... Um, they were mocking him when they asked that question, being very sarcastic. Which of all the commandments is the greatest? And what does he say? I mean, he mm-hmm. goes right back to the Shema, which is what we're looking at with the Ten Commandments. And it's, Hear, O Israel, listen. Yeah. And we're given two ears, one mouth for a reason. Listen. And in order to have a relationship, we have to listen to one another. Mm-hmm. And then he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart mind, body, soul, you know, and the second one's like it, love your neighbor. And we were created for relationship. So, I mean, Seriously, yeah. you pray. You got to pray that people grasp it. It's more caught than taught. Yeah. You've got to preach it, teach it, live it out. Um, and like as pastors, as leaders, as husbands, as fathers, as mothers, as wives, asking for forgiveness, yep. yeah. giving grace, being humble. And when we can embody that to other people, yeah. they will see it and yeah. catch it more than learn it. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense or not. No, I, anyway, I think it makes sense. One of my favorite parts, just throwing this out there, even with, here at Brentwood Campus yesterday, listening to your talk at Woodbine, is how you and Mike both walked through these commandments. And as you're walking through, I'm like, oh, missed that one. Eh, not so good on that one. And so it almost, my my heart leans towards this workspace. It just naturally inclined that way. But I think that's so many 
so much of the reason why the Lord gave Israel the Ten Commandments is to show them, you can't live up to this. Mm. You have to lean on me here. And so the works-based theology there flies out the window, and it becomes, who is he, and how do I live for him in relationship? And I will want to try and do these things post that moment. And um, I was just thankful for Mike and for you kind of reinforcing that yesterday is this is why Israel got this list in the first place is they thought they could do it on their own. This is showing them they can't. You need him. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate that from both of you guys. No, well, thank you. Yeah, that's true. Even as I was preparing for this sermon, like those first four commandments, which are our relationship with God, just going through that, it's as you really begin to ponder and meditate on it, it's like, no, wait a minute. God deserves and he's worthy to rule our hearts. And it was just for me, it was personally, it was like, yeah. wait a minute. It's yes, there are these four commandments, you know, you know, yeah. have no other gods, don't make any idols, don't bow down to them, you know, the honor his name, the Sabbath. But it's all about him being seated on the throne of our hearts and our minds. Why? Because he longs for relationship all throughout Scripture. He's longing to inhabit the praises of his people and to tabernacle, to dwell with his people because he longs to rule and reign in our hearts in a relationship. Yeah. Well, and I love how you even started out the sermon talking about how you and Christy met and, you know, um, I was, I was all in on, I love a good love story, you know, but when you were talking about, um, you said, and I, I knew you were being sarcastic, but you were like, um, you know, I was asking Christy if I, you know, is there a future with us? And, and then you said, that she pulled out a list oh, this of huge these. Scroll with, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, I was being real sarcastic. It was a true story up until up until that, that part. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we went to college together, and like yeah. I said, I mean, I was so scared of Christy. I mean, she was popular and pretty, and she loved Jesus. And of course, you know, all I cared about was basketball and God. But I mean, <laughs> I was just so intimidated, and. We kept in touch after school, you know, a postcard every six months because back then there was no email. So, you know, just and then she came up to visit and uh, I had received a lot of healing, you know, just learning about the father heart of God and just it's not performance. It's not works based righteousness. And so it was a process. And so just hitting it off with her. And then, like I sat down and said, hey, is there anything between me and you? Like, do you think we could go on? I mean, I would never said that years before that. <laughs> the DTR and, right there. Oh, yeah, the DTR it. right there on the spot. Hey, Define I was it. almost 28. Like, yeah, there's no fooling around. Yeah, yeah, we got, yeah, we're going to, yeah. you know. And, uh, of course, then with with all relationships, it's about communicating and having fun and shared experiences. Yeah. And yet with God, it's a list of rules of do's and don'ts. Yeah. No, I don't think so. You right. know, but that's how we view that. it. And yeah. so just... You know, kind That's of tongue in cheek. That, yeah, that was good. That I appreciate that. How it works, so, how, for you, how, and I just want to—I want to read this and make sure I get it right. Um, when did you, as a Christian, start to understand God's heart behind His commandments? Do you remember when there was like a light bulb moment, and you're like, "Here's where I started to understand what these commandments are and what they truly mean for my own life." Before it would maybe Pastor Doug. Uh, be, mm. Before, yeah, there. That's a great question. It's it was actually a process. And there are a couple like huge like hooks where I experienced. One was at Wendy Gap, which is Young Life Camp. I was in yep. high school. I had already become awesome. a Christian, but being there and just hearing the talks and the leaders and just kind of for the first time. Now cool. I'm hard headed. I'm still learning all about God's His heart for us, and it's loving Him because He first loved us. But that's the first one where it just it was just kind of like being caught, just like man, He loves me, and yeah, Jesus died for me. The next one, I, w- I was in college. I was at a retreat. Uh, we were preparing to go to Europe for a summer mission. 
and it was a five-day retreat with 100 college students, and the last night was this worship time, and we were doing the Lord's Supper, and before we partook of the Lord's Supper, they opened it up for public confession, oh. and I'm like, there is no way I'm confessing <laughs> those sins in my life, and you know, right. guys and girls in the room, Wow. and um, after about an hour of people confessing real stuff, I just broke down and just, you know, just... Yeah. And some serious stuff, a lot about just purity in my past. And uh, I mean, the Lord just overwhelmed me with his grace. It Mm -hmm. is not about works. And I was an athlete growing up. I played basketball at Wheaton for a couple of years, quit. And I basically took all the effort of playing sports and just put it on my spiritual walk and missions. And so it was all about doing, doing, doing missions, 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 you know, evangelism, evangelism, evangelism. And it was all about works Mm -hmm. and not about relationship. And that was probably the biggest one. Uh, and then just those were the two big ones. Yeah. Um, and then just even being married to Christy, just how God used my wife just in grace and mercy and forgiveness. Mm. And, you know, when you totally mess it up and you blow it and you know, I've got to go back and ask for forgiveness to my wife or her to me and you reconcile. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was my oldest son. He's now 18. He was probably seven months old. He is laying on the carpet on the floor. I was doing my devotion and I just started staring at him, and he was stretching for a toy. He couldn't even crawl yet, and he was reaching, trying to get one of his toys out of reach, and um, I just started crying, and I, I was like, I would do anything for my son, and all he's done for me in these seven months of his life is poopy diapers, <laughs> late nights, and yeah, it's fun, and he laughs and yep. giggles, right. but like, he's done nothing for me, nothing. like really, and then I felt like the Lord said, okay, you would die for your son? And how great is your love for your son compared to my love for you? Oh, it's a drop in the bucket in the ocean hmm. compared to our Heavenly Father's love. Yeah. And uh, so, again, it's, you know, sometimes the experiences were in a big group, small yeah. group setting, just with my son, him lying on the floor playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm reading my Bible, and then the Lord is like, bam. Yep. It's how much he loves us, and yeah. he's shown us through his son, Jesus. Yeah. So, so Doug, how do you, and you've alluded a little bit to this, but um, with your kids, how do you and Christy start kind of, you know, sharing these principles that you just talked about yeah. in your sermon? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, uh, well, it's it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's recognizing you're not perfect. I mean, we, we've blown it so much. I mean, I think I shared a couple weeks ago in one of my sermons when I got married and we started having kids. I thought, man, we're going to have these amazing family devotions every <laughs> night. It's going to be awesome. And it just, no, it's not that way, you know. And, yes, uh, you know, you take two adult yeah. centers and you add some little centers together and you shake it all up. I mean, you're going to have it's a lot messy. of problems. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, again, the phrase, it's it's much more caught than taught. But, I mean, praying for your kids. I'm going to give some Christian answers here. But it's definitely it's praying for your kids daily, regularly, that they would encounter Jesus and truly know our Heavenly Father's love for them. It's, it is doing family devotions and, you know, reading the Bible together, singing, praying together, even dancing with worship music. We used to do that all the time when they were little. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we had so much fun in the kitchen. Um, another one, too, and this, my dad did this, is asking for forgiveness when you've sinned against them. Hmm. Um, I'll never forget when I was in eighth grade and my dad had just become a Christian and he blew up in the house one day. And that night he asked for forgiveness. And his first time that I remember him ever doing that, I remember thinking, man, dad is different. And I knew he had become a Christian, but like that impacted me so much that I know it's had impact on me. Like when I, you know, yell at my kids or I sin against my children, be quick to ask for forgiveness. And even when they were little, you know, getting down on your knees. So dads, moms, if you sin against your children, humble yourself, get down on your knees, their eye level, ask for forgiveness, 
and don't put a but after it. Mm-hmm. Say, mommy was wrong. Daddy, I should not have said this or done that. Yep. And that is huge for children to grasp our Heavenly Father's love and His mm-hmm. grace. Yeah. Um, praying with them at night. I mean, there's so many things, but yeah, those are a lot of things that good. we do. And we try, we do sit around the table, not every night, <laughs> and pray and read the Bible, you know, share yeah. Thanksgivings. It's good. awesome. Uh, I appreciate the, the parenting angle of that at the end. There's, I mean, as we talk to folks and, and we hear stuff and we walk through kind of the start of this podcast and what it looks like, we, we asked Wade a couple weeks ago, what, what resources might you know about? Maybe one or two things that you're going, hey, as a parent myself, Pastor Doug, but also Dad, uh, what are some resources that you would throw out and say, hey, these have been super practical and helpful? Yeah, some of the real practical ones. I mean, uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Now it's We love it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's technically not the Bible, but it's an excellent one. Mm -hmm. Um, I cannot remember the names, but there's so many good just children, Christian books. And sitting at night with our children when they're little, like we'd have them all on our laps and reading those Bibles. Um, there's family devotions. A lot of times we will get out of our family devotions during like the summer months. But like when Advent comes up, we've got a couple of different Advent books and you can go on Amazon or I mean, I don't want to okay. shout out to certain things and just, you know, Christmas Advent devotions. Yep. And uh, there's so many resources like that. Mama Bear Apologetics. Okay. The book is great. There's a podcast. And okay. so those Christy uses all the time. Okay. She'll always send me stuff. And so we've just used that, just helping with parenting. And even as they get older, there are some big time topics these kids are dealing with yeah. in, in late elementary yeah. that have to be addressed, you know, just yeah. about life and sexuality. I mean, everything, you know, yep. stewardship, there's so much. Um, and then, of course, you know, the Bible, you know, like literally sitting down, the Gospel of Mark, Gospel of John, reading even just half a chapter with the kids and asking those questions. Who is it talking about? What did it say? What does it say about Jesus? What does it say about humans? You know, what's one thing that you feel like God is speaking to you today? And those simple questions from scripture, I mean, little kids pick it up. I mean, my, when Eric was a four-year-old, he asked what propitiation meant. I explained it. And like Mm -hmm. two weeks later, Sammy, his older brother got in trouble and Eric came up to me and said, hey, Dad, you know that word propitiation about Jesus taking our place and paying for our sin? I want to take Sammy's punishment. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. He's four years old. It's amazing. He got it. Mm. All right. So anyway, it just, I think we... Can you come over to, can you come over to the house and, and No, the oh, that was all Holy Spirit inspired right there. <laughs> so, you know, so, You're not available. No, but little kids, I mean, That's you know, Jesus, Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven belongs to children. Yeah. And they do. They've got it. They get it. You know, obviously they need salvation and forgiveness, you know, but there is something to be said about children Hmm. and the examples that they put forward. We just need to point them to the Lord Jesus. That's good. Okay, so the question that, um, you know, as you're preparing your sermon, I'm sure there's lots of other things you probably would want to teach that did not get preached on Sunday. So what are some of those things that were on the cutting room floor? Yes, the Sermon on the Mount. (laughs) I mean, just the way Jesus unpacks so much of 
with the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And I alluded to it a little bit, just, you know, when Jesus talks about, you know, you've heard it said. Yep. And I just really skimmed it quickly because I was trying to push the point of, you know, God judges the heart and this the attitude of the heart. You know, we can on the outside look real Christian-y, you know, but as Keith Green and others have said, you know, going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger mm-hmm. yes. yeah. any more than going to church makes you a Christian, you know. And so the Sermon on the Mount was a big one. And I just realized, you know what, I want to stick with Deuteronomy because like we've, We've taught on Sermon on the Mount in the past. And then the other one was in 1 John 3. And again, I alluded to it, but like the deep dive, I just, it it was a whole nother sermon. And we were doing the Lord's Supper yesterday as well. And I just, I got to cut it out. But it's where, you know, John says, you know, he says, dear children, look at how much the father has lavished his love upon us. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, you know, he first loved us. And this is what love is, you know, Mm -hmm. that Christ died on the cross for our sins. And we love him because he first loved us. We obey him because we love him. Mm-hmm. But we love him because he first loved us. And so those were some things I just like, I've done this before. It. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. got to cut it out. Yeah, so yeah, good. absolutely. Aside from everything you said on Sunday, obviously this is a couple weeks in to, the, to this series. What's the one thing that the Lord is almost impressed upon your heart? You've put a lot of hours into studying just on your own, personally walking with Jesus, walking through Deuteronomy. What's one thing that you, you've been impressed, he's impressed upon you? Yeah, great question. Can I share two things? Are you good with that? Yeah, it's fine. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, relationship. We'll uh, it's all about relationship. And with these Ten Commandments, you know, there's no way we can fulfill them. It's impossible. Yep. And God knows that. Mm-hmm. Now, He gave us the Ten Commandments to show, reveal Himself and His holiness and, uh, you know, what's required, so to speak. But then the amazing thing is Jesus came and he did it for us. And then he took our punishment, died, buried, rose again. And then he gave us his spirit to live in us, to sanctify us and make us holy. And it's all him Mm. doing the work. Mm. I mean, I don't want to make it sound so simple, but it is. All we need to do is receive and humble ourselves and let him do the work in us. Yeah. So that's more than one that's thing, good. but just... That's good. Yeah. Just good. being... The simplicity is beautiful there, isn't it? Yeah, it's all... Well, yeah. Yes. Okay, so as we are wrapping up our time with you, Doug, um, I, I want to know... We're going to... we. We're going to end on a high note of okay, sermon notes. Note. We're not going to sing, but what are some What are some fun things that you guys like to do as a family? Oh, yeah, fun things. Well, we, we love, well, some of us love to watch movies, but <laughs> hiking, camp, we camp all the time. Well, we don't camp as much as we want, but camping, I mean, we'll go out and we'll do hardcore camping. I mean, tents. Not, not glamping. No, okay. no, no, no. That's okay. cheating. And we don't right. glamp. No, yes. tents on the ground, on the hard dirt, roots and rocks under you. You know, now as I get older, you know, we're starting to bring like air mattresses and stuff, you know, a little, a little bit. bit of cushioning, you know. <laughs> um, we love to camp. I mean, we love to go out to the mountains and rent a cabin and just do almost nothing. And that's yeah. what we did for our summer vacation. We went up to the Upper, to the Upper Peninsula, and that's what we did. We stopped at Cedar Point, which is an amazing place for roller coasters. I've heard about um, that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's incredible. Y'all need to go. Ohio, but yeah, right. Ohio, yeah, Sandusky yeah. or Sandusky. I don't know how you pronounce Sandusky, yeah. but anyway. But yeah, camping, I mean, the outdoors, hiking. We do love movies. Um, my little daughter, Margie, she'll sit and watch UT football with me all the time, and she gets it. You know, she gets a little confused with the reruns. Sometimes I'll go in and get. Fill up on on cokes <laughs> like again. She's like, "Daddy, they're doing it again! Another touchdown!" I'm running in, and it's the re- <laughs> it's the replay, you know. But anyway, awesome. Um, yeah, and then having friends over, playing games, 
you know, that's so great. yeah, that's, that's, yeah, we that's love awesome. hanging out. Love it, brother. Have you heard, just throwing this out there, s'mores. You've heard of them, oh, yeah. is s'mores. my guess. Yes, I sure Reese's have. peanut butter cups I've instead of the Hershey's. That. I've been told that, so I need to replace that. Let's go. I think Matt Pearson was actually the first person oh, I heard goodness. tell me that. The so. best. I told oh, yeah. him, don't tell okay, yeah, I won't say that. Okay, okay. Don't say Amy Doug, we are <laughs> we're super, super, super thankful for you. Um, learned a lot about Woodbine, learned a lot about the word and how to practically apply it. Thanks for coming in. Oh, man, absolutely. Um, for yeah. those of you watching here, subscribe down below we'd love to see you this podcast is on all forms of everything so wherever podcasts are found you can find us join the conversation um we'll be back next week can't wait brandon owen will be with us from the church at harpeth heights awesome great guy just like doug Um, we will see all of you very soon thanks for tuning in